entertaining to say the least um lots going on you guys lots going on over at the melanated way a lot going on over there let me tell you i was not prepared anyways um we're gonna have a nice juicy news and gossip this week for sure and uh there's just a lot going on you guys i am watching this show life after lockup and I feel like it's stressful. Like it's stressful to watch them. And as you guys know, I just jumped into Love After Lockup this season. So a lot of these characters, well, they're not characters. A lot of these people are new to me. So you're gonna have to bear with me as I kind of barrel through some of them. But woo, they're stressful. They're stress. It just makes me feel like I'm gonna be single forever because I just cannot. Like I, I couldn't do it. And then now I'm watching this other show. Um, Prisoner of Love, where the woman is matchmaking people who willingly want, like, oh, it's, it's a whole lot going on. It's a whole lot going on, my friends. Anyways, I'm going to do some housekeeping real quick first, as per usual, and then we can jump in. I'm covering two episodes because, you know, I'm behind, but we're going to catch this up real quick. Uh, so let's do the housekeeping first and foremost. Uh, wherever you're watching, if you could hit that thumbs up, that'd be appreciated. Uh, if you like, if you like the show, if you like what you're seeing, um, and then support the show bottom of the screen shows you where you can support the show. And if it wasn't for Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Ray Della, Donna over at Anchor FM, Donna holding it down. I appreciate you. Uh, Linda, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Jalisa, and Angela, Judy, and Beth. Uh, these shows wouldn't exist because you guys helped make this happen. So I appreciate you guys so very much. And in return, if you guys haven't heard, there's been a whole lot going on with Big Ed and Liz and Liz's ex-husband. And so I'm going to bring you guys all the tea tomorrow, uh, hopefully tomorrow, because I have a little something, something up my sleeve as per usual. Uh, so hopefully that comes in tonight or tomorrow for the show. Um and we'll talk about it in news and gossip for my Patreon subscribers. Uh, shout out to the live chat. There, Everyone's asking, is Prisoner of Love good? It is very interesting. It's like, it's like watching Love After Lockup, but Love Before Lockup, if that makes sense. Because none of these people have met. But they're in love. And not only are they in love, they're going to a matchmaker. And that's her job. Her job is to match people who are just regularly living their lives, beautiful people. Like there's this girl, Issa, I'm going off on a tangent, but you guys asked, so I'm gonna answer. This girl, Issa, she's like 22, from the Bronx, beautiful, going to university, has her whole life ahead of her, and she gets matched up with this 25-year-old dude, can't remember his name, and he's in prison for four years. And he told her that he, he was, y'all, he told her he was in prison because he was going out with the boys one night and a gun 
accidentally went off. So now he's in prison for four years. However, when they show like the charges and they're introducing him, he's got like uh, some type of drug, like distribution of drugs, some gun charge that he, illegal weapon, and it just goes on. And I'm just like, how, wait, what? That That's the first red flag. Anyhow, this is not the show for that, but I don't know. I may have to cover it. If I'm going to watch it, I might have to just cover it because I have so many questions. And then the, the matchmaker, who's the prison matchmaker, she's actually dating an inmate too. And she's lying to her mama and her mama's looking at her. Listen, it's a whole lot going on over there. Anyways, let's talk about Life After Lockup. Episode 45 first, is he a trick? Yes, he is a trick. And I am surprised that Deontay was not on this episode. But let's talk about Stan and Lisa. So Stan and Lisa, okay, first of all, I, I'm gonna need to know, I am missing something. Stan is a millionaire, a millionaire, but he still gets his information from reading a newspaper. How is that even possible? Can someone explain it to me? Because like between day trading and all the apps and Bitcoin and all the stuff, and how are you, able to stay on top of the stocks when you're looking at it. Who you, who's even delivering your newspaper and how can that possibly be up to date? I'm just, I don't, is, am I missing something? But apparently he's reading the newspaper for his stocks, bizarre to me. And living with Lisa has been a challenge. Are you surprised that it's been a challenge? <laughs> Laura? Laura, Laura, Laura. Oh my God, you guys. Okay, this is why I've stopped looking at the live chat. Y'all are comedians in there. Okay, so living with Lisa has been a challenge. I don't know why he's surprised by that. Um, and both of them don't know how to cook. They're mi who microwaves bacon? Okay, who, who, you're not in prison anymore, Lisa. And Stan, like if you're a millionaire, why don't you get like a, private cook to come in and make some proper meals for you. Cause all this frozen food last time you had guests over and you, you gave them chicken nuggets and some frozen French fries, like, or at least order in, get some DoorDash, Uber eats, do something that you just don't seem so crazy. You're microwaving your, your bacon, tater tots. It's a whole, ugh, ugh. so they're doing that, having breakfast. And we find out during breakfast that she has, gone ahead and convinced him to get her name tattooed on himself. This fool went and got Lisa's name tattooed on his butt. Last week, you couldn't even stand her. And this week, you're tattooing her name on your butt? And I'm, like, and then I had to see his, his like, oh, it was too much for me, y'all. It was too much. I was like, oh. So anyways, uh, they're having breakfast. She's going out with a friend to go shopping, so she needs some money. And she's really pissed off at how cheap Stan is. But you know what I've noticed, you guys? And I think I told you guys my, the gum story. If I told you guys the gum story, let me know in, in the comments and in the live chat. But what I find is a lot of people that are uber rich, they're rich because they're so cheap. Like, cheap, cheap. Like, extra, extra cheap that you're just like, Oh, now I get it. You're so cheap that you just continue to stack up your money because y'all don't ever spend any money. 
So anyways, um, we find out that like he waters down his dish soap, you know, he probably recycles, not in the good way, but recycles stuff that he's already used because he's not trying to, you know, I saw his little barbecue. His barbecue is like a two by two. I don't know. So he's cheap. She says that in the last month alone, he made a hundred to $133,000 in one month. In one month. Do I need to go and get some newspapers, Dan? Because I need to know what you're doing. Because if I can just go, I don't even know where I'll go and get a newspaper since I just read everything on my phone now, but I'll do it. If it's working for you, then like, let it work for me. Right, and his home gym is from the 70s. He had like that thing. I Listen, it's because he doesn't spend any money. That's why he has all the money. But if he's making like 100000 a month, he can, you know, afford to upgrade a little bit. But whatever, let's not even go there. So she tells him that she needs some money. Um, and, you know, she she says, you make a lot of money. So, like, I don't see why this is a big deal. And he's like, well, have you ever thought about getting a job? Yeah, have you, Lisa? Because I, I know that your job right now is to con and you're a con artist. And I don't think it's going to be long before you go back to prison. But, I mean... Have you thought about it? Oh, your job is to con Stan, got it. So he's like trying to buck up against her. He's like, I am not the face of an ATM. And he pulls out like a wad of cash, gives her a 20. I was like, what year are you living in, Stan? Like, I get that you don't spend money, but 2020, 2021, $20 is not gonna get you anything if she's literally going shopping. She's like, oh, this is going to be nothing. Then he tries to give her a 50. And she's like, no, I'm going to need the plastic. Stan, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. But he did it. So apparently his credit card has a $25,000 credit limit. Uh, she's asked to camera, you know, do you love him? Like, do you want to be with him? And she's like, I don't know if I really love him. But he gave me my his credit card. So there's that. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go shopping. Will I max it out? I don't know yet. I may max it out. What? Why does he not see that she's not like, what? Okay. She goes shopping. Meanwhile, he goes to the gym with his like his boys, right? So we got Jimmy and Dash. And I like this little old men crew. I think it's like a cute thing. I think they keep each other fresh. You know what I mean? So they're at the gym. He's asking, they're asking him all the questions. Like, what's going on? Are you guys happy? Are things working out? And he's like, I don't know. She spends most of the time on the phone asleep or she's out. So why are you with her? Like, really, does she throw down in the basement so good, Stan, that you're going to put up with all the shenanigans? Because I don't understand. Sugar baby, sugar daddy, are you getting enough sugar for her to just go off and live her life? And then when you need a little sugar, you're okay with that? And that way, it's okay? Because you keep complaining and saying it's a challenge, you tell her to go get a job, all the things, but you keep funding her lifestyle. And you're letting her live with you for free. So 
you can't complain. Um, and then on the flip side, we meet Natasha. And what I've noticed about this whole life after lockup, which I find stressful, is like birds of a feather flock together, that saying, oh my God, I got it so right. So all the inmates know other inmates, like they make besties in prison. And then the, once they get out, they all like congregate together. Is that how it works? Because at my understanding of the criminal justice system, so felons aren't supposed to hang out with other felons. And so all these besties that are like, yeah, we met in prisons, we were prison roomies. Um, what? So that's why like, I, I don't want to be judging. I'm just going to say that. I'm surprised that what I'm finding with life after lockup is that you're not really like life after lockup. You're like life with your besties from prison, but just not in prison. You guys are like outside now. Yeah, so she's talking to Natasha. She feels like Stan is with her because um, he wants to live in sex slave. Well, where did y'all meet? You met on a sugar daddy, sugar baby website. So yeah, he, maybe not a slave per se, but he wants you to put out and put out the sugar and he's willing to fund that. So what are you surprised about? Plus you don't work and you expect his money. So like, you want a certain lifestyle and you said a certain thing and you're going to be a certain way. And now you want to switch up the rules. I don't know if it works like that. Um, and I was like, you know, hard to be a sugar daddy Stan said when you're not getting any sugar and that is facts. You need to step it up Lisa. Cause he's going to get sick of the nonsense. Um, and then he continues to complain a little bit and say that, you know, he's not getting any sugar. Lately, she's never in the mood. She just never wants to do it with him. Well, she doesn't want to do it with you because she's not attracted to you, really. And she's hoping that she can just continue to manipulate the situation and get the money that she wants without having to do her part of your bargain. Your bargain. So then Natasha and Lisa are shopping and she's like buying a bunch of just random stuff. We don't really get to see much of it. But then Tasha asks her directly, like, is he a trick? And what I find interesting about Lisa is she doesn't even, like she won't tell her brother, she won't tell her, her bestie the truth. And the truth is, yes, he is a trick to her. And yet she doesn't want to be outed that way. Like she doesn't want anyone to really think that that's what she's doing. But they all know, and we all know that that's exactly what she's doing. Um, so I don't know why it's a big secret, but it is. So, um, we find out that since she's been out of prison, which has been what 10 days, guys, he spent 20,000 on her, but then she tells her friend Natasha that she never asked Stan to spend any of that money. What are you talking about? You're like, I need a car. I'm not going to come live with you. I need to do this or I'm not going to do that. I need this or I'm not going to do Like, what are you talking about? You've been giving me ultimatums the whole time. And that's the only reason he is allowing you to stay there is because you're giving him what he wants a little bit and he's giving you what you want. So don't act like you're brand new and you haven't asked him for a dime because that is not true. Um, 
Then we find about Renata. And I've been hearing whispers about this Renata girl. So apparently Lisa has a girlfriend and her girlfriend's name is Renata. Lisa swears that nothing has happened between them, but I don't know. Um, but she is going to go try to see her because Le Renata got a boob job and she wants to see what the boob job looks like. And I think that that's going to be their storyline. I think their storyline is going to be that Stan finds out that she really is not trying to feel him. She's trying to have a, a different partner, but Stan's money. Facts. It's crazy. It's crazy. Then I met Lacey and Shane. And their whole Lacey 32, Shane being 23, she's a mom and a model. And uh, Shane had malicious wounding charges. I, I'm not sure about these two. I'm not like, I'm just not sure about these two. So anyways, she was pregnant uh, with triplets. I guess she lost uh, two in, in vitro. Uh, but then they ended up having a beautiful baby, Summer Pain. Uh, but the relationship is is not going very well now that they're parents. So Shane doesn't want to do anything, doesn't work. He doesn't work. Quit his job, apparently, to stay home and help with the baby because Lacey needed help, but then doesn't help with the baby. But can go to the gym and, like, work out and don't even get me started on him going to the gym and what that looks like. But he's going to the gym. He puts on cologne to go to the gym and she gets all weirded out. Like, why are you putting on cologne to go to the gym? Like, are you going to the gym? And if I was the, if I was Lacey, I'd be like looking at him. If you're at the gym every day, you should be looking a lot more like Georgie and less like whatever this is. So what is this? But I find out that she has a messed up back from the epidural, something went wrong. And so she needed Shane to be there for the baby. So he quit his job. And since then, I mean, is her back still messed up? If it's messed up, then I feel like there's some type of lawsuit going on there. And that's why both of them are not working. They're waiting on some type of settlement. That is just my guess. That's, that's the vibe I'm getting from them. So Shane's off to the gym. And on his way to the gym, he's vaping. And he's explaining how he's been depressed since the baby came and how he has postpartum. Now, is Crystal in the live chat? Because I, you know, I've heard of um, sympathy weight gain with, with men and their, their significant others while they're pregnant, gaining weight as well, like that sympathy weight. But this is the first time that I've heard that a man is having postpartum. And I'm just curious if my midwife, Crystal, says, yes, men can get postpartum depression as well. Okay, well, there you go. I was about to talk a whole bunch of shit because I feel like Shane's just lazy. Because he's 23, he was reminding me of Daniel, from Love and Paradise where he just doesn't want to do shit, but now they have a baby. And so he doesn't want to do more shit. Like he just wants to kick it. Like, can I just kick it? Yes, you can't. No, no, you can't. Cause you're a dad and a husband at 23 and a felon. So you might have to put on your big boy pants and actually do some things. 
Anyways, he's vaping on the way to the gym. He's depressed, postpartum. He's not sleeping. He feels overwhelmed. He feels bad ever since the baby came. Dude, you're 23. I, I, I get it. But you know what? Now you're here. So I don't know what the cure to the postpartum is. I'm just learning that men can get it too. So maybe research that and go and get some therapy and see if that helps you. I don't know. Um, but she, what I do know is you're not helping your wife with the baby and she's feeling overwhelmed. She's feeling like she's doing everything on her own. And uh, so she goes out and she meets with her dad, John. And she's stressed out because she has the kids with her. I'm just like, you guys, why do you have children then? I don't understand. You have, this is like your second child and you're complaining that you have the kids with you to go see your dad. Like what, what, why did you have kids if it's so stressful to you? I don't understand. Hey, Stevie. Stevie says he's been taking care of her other kids. So what's the deal, Shane? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. And then Crystal says their first child. She has multiple other kids. Okay, so you see, you guys, I, I mean, stop having babies then if they stress you out. Stop having babies. I don't understand. So she's stressed out. She's struggling to meet um, to make ends meet. Dad is not impressed with Shane because he thinks that he needs to be a dad and not a meathead. And I'm like, he doesn't even look like a meathead. He just looks like he's being lazy. He just doesn't want all the responsibility at 23. And I think he should have thought about that before, you know, like I said with Ariana, you should have thought about that before you had unprotected sex. Like if you didn't want to have a baby, then you know so and they're struggling and you guys aren't working why are you not working you have a bunch of kids to take care of and running around and you're not working why and what are you busy doing then if you're all stressed out you, you chose to have kids so like what are y'all doing <sighs> patty oh Patty. So she's also stressed out because her husband doesn't want to have sex with her. Apparently they used to have sex like six times a day and now he has no interest and she, he just gives excuses and he literally gives excuses like, oh, I'm so tired. Dude, you went to the gym. You barely, you went like this like three times and then that was it. So what are you tired of doing? And why do you not want to sleep with your wife. And I'm going to tell you why right now. He doesn't want to sleep with his wife because he's absolutely cheating. I have no receipts. I'm just getting to know them. But my first impression is this, what 23 year old do you know that doesn't want to have sex? Tell me. I'll wait. Oh my God. I could not with Patty right now. <laughs> So I think he's cheating. I think that's why there's excuses. I think that's why he's putting cologne on. Maybe the woman that he's cheating with goes to the gym and that's where they hook up. Uh, that's the vibe I'm getting. But she is not feeling it. So she is 
thinking that she needs to do something to her face. She needs to maybe get her boobs done or her butt done. No, girl, you just need a better husband. And you're 32. I mean, you just need a better husband. You should have made wiser choices because this fool looks like super lazy as far as I'm concerned. Like, just, just no. Nah, dude, nah. So she feels um, a little bit like sad. And so she pulls out her sex toy and she's like, I'm going to just have to, you know, do me because my husband's not doing me, which is really, really sad. It's, it's sad to me. And then he had the nerve to say that, oh, you know, it's just less sex because we have three kids and we're just always so busy. But no, I love my wife. I like her mom bod. Um, Shane, just FYI, Lacey does not have a mom bod. She has a hot bod, period. So if you want to talk shit about your wife's body, you might not want to do that. And you might want to just go ahead and look in the mirror for yourself, considering you're going to the gym every day, all day, apparently, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> oh my God, so funny. <sighs> then I meet uh, Marcelino and Brittany. Marcelino is a poker player, Brittany, the rehab counselor. I was surprised that Brittany was the inmate. I was really surprised by that because I feel like she kind of like has gotten her shit together, you guys. And so she's fast becoming my favorite so far. I know we're only two episodes in, but she's becoming my favorite just because she seems like she's trying, you know, although we'll get to the latest episode, but you know, um, that charge of hers though, conspiracy to commit burglary. Woo. So she's been married for three years. Uh, her and her business partners want to open up a sober living facility, which I find interesting because I do find this. I find that um, people who've had substance abuse issues, they after they get past the substance abuse, they always want to kind of give back to their community, which I think is, you know, a noble thing. So they always go into like drug rehab counseling or or like peer-to-peer -peer whatever or sober living advisor like they get into that industry because they know it and i think that that is a wonderful thing to give back but i also feel like isn't that super risky but then i think well it's probably kind of like therapeutic because as you're giving therapy to someone you're like having to remember all the steps and it probably gives you like self-therapy i just i've found that that to be the case um so she's opening up a sober living facility and uh her and her husband has have invested 8,000 and then the rest of the partners between all of them have invested 80,000. And one of their partners, Robert, is the only one that apparently is not an inmate, but he's a drug, uh, ex-druggie. And they've decided that they're gonna just put all the money in Robert's account because I guess Robert's the one that's like, managing this whole thing. But she gets a call from Cassandra and uh, Kanan, apparently the money is missing. Over 80,000 is missing. They can't find Robert. He's MIA and he's the only name on the account. So they can't even go to the bank account. 
and now all the money is gone and they don't know what to do. But I'm like, how do you know all the money is gone if you don't have access to the account? That's my question. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you know the money's gone? If it's in his name, you would not have any access to it, which seems to be what the problem is. So how do you know the money is gone? I'm very curious. I have lots of questions for these guys because first of all, I'm jumping ahead a little bit to the next episode, but like, first of all, you're starting a business, but you know, there's no business plan. And then you no business account that you all have access to just some random dude that you know, who you know is an addict and you also have had addiction issues. So you know how addicts operate, but yet you're going to just blindly trust him and give him your money and not have any receipts, no paperwork, no business plan. Just like, Hey, yeah, we got a, we got a wish and a hope and a dream. Like, I don't know. Sounds a little fishy to me. And so then you get this call and 80,000 is missing. But like, how do you, again, I keep saying it cause I'm trying to figure it out in this day and age with like, so much fraudulent online stuff and banking being uber secure and money transferring left, right, and center daily. How, how, how do you know that the money's gone? Because if your name's not on that account, there's no way there's no bank in anywhere in America that is going to give you information. They're not going to say, yeah, what's Robert's account number? Oh, you're not, what's it? Oh, what do you want to know what the balance is? It's zero. Who, I mean, come on. I mean, come on, it doesn't make sense to me. So I have questions, obviously, and you guys know how I am when I have questions. I can go off. If it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Literally. <laughs> oh, and then there's Brittany and, and Ray looking for a bed, having a lot of sex. And he really just wants to get a job, save money, have a baby. He's ready to work. He's tired of asking her for money, which you should be. You've been asking her for money since you've been in prison. So I'm glad that you're feeling a little like useless. And I hope that you're feeling grateful that this woman has been supporting you being a grown ass man. So his priorities are, are really like getting work and saving and, and then moving forward. But she really wants a ring and she really wants to get married soon. And her plan is, uh, she wants to be married within the next two to three years. And then within five years, have a kid. And I laughed because you guys know, especially all my like married with kids, friends, y'all know that there's, it can just never lay out like that. Like you can have the best intentions, but life happens, right? So Yeah, so Rodella says, I don't think you have to be on the account to have online access um, if he gave them the login info. I just really feel like if that's the case, then why did they have to go and meet? Like, why couldn't they just log in, look at what the transactions were? Then you would absolutely know where the money is and be able to follow the online trail. But you have to now go to a retired police officer to tell them that you guys didn't have any paperwork. It was just a handshake and a verbal agreement. No, 
I don't think that they were that prepared. I don't think that if you didn't have an actual agreement that you actually downloaded an app and said, hey, we all have access to the account. Because I don't know about y'all, but any all my accounts, let give me alerts. So I know if you spent X amount of dollars, I know I have an alert. If I, if I, something is outrageous, like, hey, you spent $5,000 over at Macy's, it's not like you, was that you? They're gonna give me alert, do you know what I mean? So if you have $80,000 in an account and you have an online access to it and all four of you have online access, then you would see an alert like, hey, what's his name, Robert? Robert transferred out $20,000, hey. Robert spent $5,000. Hey, your ATM withdrawal limit is 500. And today you're trying to take out a thousand. Do you know what I mean? I don't think so. I something doesn't seem right to me. Doesn't seem right to me at all. Patty says, why isn't he returning calls for weeks? I'd worry. He's probably drug overdosed. He's probably overdosed somewhere. I don't know about the 80,000 being gone, but he probably took some money, feels guilty, and relapsed. That's what I think. That's what I think. Okay, so Brittany and Ray, back to Brittany and Ray. She has a five-year plan. She wants to have babies. She wants to get married. And she's in La La Lounge because, honestly, she's getting, like, she's getting the good, the good, the good good. So she's happy. Let's go buy a bigger bed because we broke the other bed because I'm that happy. Like, that's what's going on. She's in, you know, she, guys, she's like digmatized. She, her man is back. He can't go anywhere because he's on house arrest. So all they can do is eat, drink, and FF. That's all they can do. And she's loving her life. And so that's what they're doing. And they broke the bed. And so now they need a new bed. And now she wants to have kids and get married because she's like, I'm going to need Brittany to not be in her sexy cloud. I'm going to need her to start trying to like clear. I'm trying to be PG, you guys. I, I need her to clear her mind. You know what I mean? You guys, do you know what I mean? Like when you're just like, it can be, um, it can be like a drug, really. It can be like a drug. And so you're not clear-minded. So I need her to just settle down, slow her roll a little bit, and make sure that she's making some wise decisions with Ray. Because Ray comes off a little slick to me. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. He drops a bomb, though. So he has to pay restitution, and that restitution is $143,000. And if he doesn't pay it, he can go back to prison. And she wants a ring, but he wants to pay her his bills. So is it the ring or the bills? And is it his bill or their bill? And she's already spent a lot of money supporting him and taking care of him. So like, what happens when he gets a job? And I'm curious to know as I move on, but let me know in the live chat, let me know in the comments below, whose responsibility are his previous debts if they're together? 
and they're planning to get married. Is it his debt alone or do you consolidate all your debts and you pay it off because you guys are ride or dies? I want to know. Let me know. Um, so that's them for now. We'll get back to them. And then there's Sean. I'm going to need someone to tell me the backstory of Sean. Is he an inmate? Because he he just gives me meth vibes, like something. I don't even know. Is it meth? Is it crack? It, whatever. He gives me druggy vibes. Like he's just so like. And I don't like it. <clears throat> I don't like it at all. So uh, it was originally Sean, who's 46, but lies about his age. And Destiny, who's 28, who's back in jail. Because uh, I guess she has escaped, stolen property, possession. So she's back in jail um, on that escape charge. And she thinks that they're still together, even though I saw the clip where she's like, it's over, it's over. Um, so I don't know why she would think that. Oh, I know why, because now you need money on your books and you're calling this dude who you were supposed to marry to put money on your books. And but I guess she feels like he owes her a lot, which I'm gonna have to find out why, but in his mind, they're done. Then I find out that he has his ex-girlfriend, Kelly. And they were together for a long time and they have a bunch of babies, like six of them. And he wants to meet up with her. So they meet up at this fancy restaurant. And her first thing, she's like, in the 16 years I've known him, he's never taken me to a fancy restaurant like this. I don't know what to expect. Oh, you're gonna expect a whole lot, Kelly. Kelly, do you ever wonder like why you, we're with this dude because I'm looking at him and looking at you thinking like, girl, just bravo for getting away and bravo for speaking your mind. And I'm sorry that you have a deadbeat dad because he's a 100% deadbeat dad. So she gets there and finds out that he quit his job and he's moving to Ohio and he's moving to Ohio for this girl, Sarah, who he's never met in real life but he's going to quit his job and leave Nevada to go to Ohio. And then I find out that he had a whole sit down with her and one of his daughters that he was not going to do that anymore. He was not going to date inmates anymore. He was not going to spend all his money on himself and the inmates that he's supposedly in love with. He was not going to be like a gigolo type dude he wasn't going to do that anymore. So she's Kelly's really disappointed in him because he not only said that to her, you said it to your kid. But he met Sarah at the same time as Destiny. And, you know, it didn't work out with Destiny. So he continued to talk to Sarah. And Sarah's been in jail for six years. She spent, uh, he's already spent almost 7000 on her already. And we find out that he spent 30000 on Destiny. And here's the thing that made me mad, y'all, because later on I find out that this fool visits his kid once a month. You got, wait, you have six kids and you visit, okay. Let me not go off on a tangent, but I'm gonna say this, okay? I'm gonna say this. I personally don't understand 
when one parent thinks that they can visit because your kids are your kids for life and 24 seven of every day, of every week, of every year. Just because you have a spouse or ex-partner, whatever the case may be, that is more reliable than you, does not mean that you are just free to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and you're going to come. You don't visit your child. You go and spend time with your child because that's your child. And when you have six of them, I don't know how once a month is going to do anything. And that 30000 you spent on Destiny, that could have probably started a college fund for one of your six kids. And now the 7000 that you've spent on Sarah's books could probably be $7,000 worth of food that you could have given your children. And so I'm confused why you're confused that your ex Kelly thinks you're an idiot. And you want to, you want us to believe that she's still in love with you and that the reason why she's mad at you is because he didn't choose you. No, fool. She's mad because she's looking at you, thinking of her six kids back home, realizing that you're just a ding dong with no common sense and spending all your money on everything that has to do with you and you alone. You're selfish, 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 selfish. And that's why I already don't like Sean and I just met him. I'm like, what, you visit your kids once a month, visit? Those are the wrong words, my friend. And obviously not enough time. Uh, Lydia, thank you so much. Thank you for the super sticker. I forgot to mention that you guys, super stickers and super chats are available on YouTube. And Stevie says he's done his kids so wrong. Yes, he has. I, I think it's terrible. It's terrible. Patty says he put up 50,000 bond on Destiny and she absconded. Listen, y'all, those poor babies, and I know some of them are older, but like, Sean is a hot friggin' disaster. So she's pissed. And then he lies. That's the other thing that made me mad. So you lie to all your. Girlfriends, I have a hard time saying girlfriend because this whole prison thing, like how is she your girlfriend and you never met her? Like how? But you lie to the inmates that you're dating and not you don't tell them your proper age and then you lie and say that you have like one or two kids. Can you imagine if the uh, like any of your kids heard that? Can you imagine what that would do to like their psyche and spirit? You lie and say you don't have these be beautiful bless. Uh, you know what, Sean, 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 Sean. So Sean has six kids. Hasn't told Sarah that he has six kids. He lied about his age by ten years. Said he's thirty six, not forty six. Kelly gets pissed. Says, "Grow up. Act like an adult. Act like a father." Um, she's doing it all on her own. And as he just jumps from girl to girl to girl to girl to girl, spends money 
left, right, and center, putting himself first, all the things that I just said, like, just selfish. She gets pissed, um, called him selfish, and throws her drink at him, and he deserved that. Like, that's the least that she could have done, is thrown her drink on him. What she should have done is ordered a bunch of T-bone steaks, six of them, for all the kids, ordered a bunch of salads and french fries and all ordered all the things then thrown the drink had them packed to go and left so that when he had a tab of however much that then he would really understand that's what she should have done just throwing the drink in his face was not enough as far as i'm concerned anyhow that was the first part now let me get into what i watched today Episode 46, Love at Second Inmate. You guys, this show stresses me out. So here's what I want to say in the interlude before I start this part. I don't, I, okay, so some people find the inmates online and some people meet, I guess, like in prison, what do they say? They're prison roommates. And then they stay connected still. And I keep thinking like, okay, you want to give people a second chance, right? At life, everyone deserves a second chance. But the inmates that I've been meeting so far since I started watching this show, they're like multiple offenders. Like I have yet, and maybe you guys can school me on this. I've yet to meet one of the offenders that is like their first time, only time going to prison they've really learned their lesson and when they get released they're going to change their life around it seems to me that it's like a revolving door i don't know but that's what i'm so i find it stressful so um we're back to uh marcian marcelino and Brittany, right and so they're continuing to try to find out what's going on with robert they meet with this retired turner PD guy. She feels weird. So she gets straight into like inmate mode, convict mode. And she calls her friend over and is like, Hey, you didn't tell me he was a police officer. Like, I don't feel comfortable. I feel like maybe I'm snitching. And you know, I don't, that whole mentality, like cops are the enemy. You don't talk to the cops. You're snitching. Woo -woo. And uh, her friend's like, listen, we don't really have any other choices. Like we got to talk to this guy and see what's going on. And so she just feels nervous because I guess she's never had good experiences with the police. And so she's not used to talking to the police. So she just goes over, sits down and apologizes for like the weirdness in the beginning. And they tell him that the owner, which is the first mistake. So if you guys are all business partners, then it would be your partner that has taken off. But the words that you use are important, considering that you're saying that there's 80,000 missing and you've invested 8,000, this person invested 10,000, and this person invested 20,000. If he's the owner and you guys are what then, right? If you guys are all partners, then I can understand that. Or maybe you're investors in his business, but then he's the owner and it's his business. And if it's an investment, then that's the risk you took, right? You following me? So the words you use are important because 
in the beginning, the last episode, you guys, you told us that you guys are partners. And this episode, you're saying he's the owner. So it's a big deal when it comes to missing money. Owner is taken off. And they tell this Robert guy that they're both ex-offenders. They've done prison time. They both dealt with substance abuse issues in the past, but they've had a lot of clean time now. And all the money in the bank um, is gone. And they tell him that Robert said, hey, we need to show that we can pay for this facility and we can pay for it months in advance. So we need to put all the money in one account. They had me there. That makes sense, right? But if we're going to all put the money in one account, then especially being inmate, well, prior inmates, previous inmates, you should think that something's off when you're, let it just be in my name. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I would be like, oh no, it took me a long time to get that $8,000. So I'm going to need a receipt that says I've invested $8,000 into XYZ sober facility on this date at this time. I'm going to need your signature and my signature. I'm probably going to want to um, write, I don't even know if people write, like a cashier's check or I don't know, but I'm going to need some type of paper trail so you can see that that's, that came out of my account and this is going in this account. And then this account, if we're all partners, then I'm going to go ahead and need to give you my ID so that you can add me to the account. And so since it's a business, no one should be able to take money without a co-signer because that's what happens with business accounts and you have partners. One random person can't just take out big chunks of money without prior approval with the other people on the account on business accounts. So, but no, you're just going to say, Hey, here's 80,000. Go ahead and put in your account. We trust you and let's keep rolling. So you didn't again, have a business plan. You didn't get a contract. You don't have receipts of your, you giving this money to Robert who you already know is a recovering addict. Like, I don't understand. You guys are like, and Brittany, didn't you go to jail for like Melanie something that had to do with money? I don't know. I'd have to check my notes, but you should know better, Brittany. That's all I'm saying. So they tell this Robert guy that it was a verbal agreement only. He's like, oh, <laughs> you didn't have a contract? Okay, what you're going to need to do is get a list of people that invested their money, go ahead and go down to the police station, file a report, and then from there, it's going to go to a detective and will be criminally investigated. I'm going to tell you right now that this is not going to be a high priority for them because they have all of like the serious crimes to investigate and because there's no paper trail... They're going to have to first make sure and prove if they have time that this is actually a criminal matter, right? But you have no paper. So you're just saying, yeah, it's not going to be a high priority. So I suggest that Brittany rounds up her husband, all the business partners and go to like the places you would think that Robert, like you must know where he lives. So he's not answering his phone. Roll up on him. Roll up on his family members. Go to his, does he have a job? Go to his job. Like, go and look for him. If it is indeed 80000 that's missing, 
you trancing around having meetings in, in cafes is not going to help you. You know that you gave money and you shouldn't have given money just because to a ex-druggie. Go find him. That's my advice. Go find him. Go find him and beat him down. No, just joking. Just joking. Violence is never the answer. But I would 80,000, if indeed 80,000 is missing. All I know, Brittany, is go ahead and get your 8,000 out of that real quick. You do you. I'm just going to go ahead and need that 8,000 back or you're going to meet my husband and you're probably not going to want to meet my husband. So yeah, just go ahead and let's go to the ATM right now. <laughs> Love and life. The cons conned each other. <laughs> okay. That's stressful. What's more stressful is Brittany and Ray. So Brittany and Ray are visiting his family. We get to meet his mama, his auntie, his uncles. And great news. Ray got a job. He got a warehouse job. He's working six days a week, making 15 bucks an hour to start. You know what? Go, Ray, go. I'm, I'm proud that he got a job because I'm sure that that is going to help him with this esteem and help him like feel more like a man and all the things. And he says how he feels lucky to be with Brittany uh, because, yeah, he is bringing nothing to the table. When he comes straight out of prison, right, you bring nothing to the table. He couldn't work for so long. He had the ankle bracelet thing and all the things. And... Um, now he has a job so he can start contributing. Now, Laura's, Laura's saying, is $15 good in Hawaii? That's like starvation wages. I don't know. I think in Texas, it might be okay. Anyone watching from Texas, I know that $15 an hour in Los Angeles, California would not get you anywhere. Like at all. At all at all. Um, but I know that there are other places, you know, in the United States that I think $15 an hour is a good start. And especially since Brittany pays for everything, this is like just going to be his play money, really. Um, but he got a job. That's what's important, I think. He got a job, which is great. And he's grateful that Brittany has done everything for him and giving him a chance because he really did bring nothing to the table and she didn't have to choose him. And she's happy that he's happy that she chose him because she has everything and she's loving and she's caring and supportive. And so he's happy about that. Now he's talking to the family and the family's like just so excited. And I get it, you guys, you're excited. He's out of prison. You haven't seen him in a while. You're all hunky-dory and it's great. And he's got a little job now and you guys are all happy. And then you're talking about how he's on his grown man wavelength. Well, not quite. I get it, like hype him up and support him, but not quite, okay? He just got the job. He just got the job and it's 15 bucks an hour. He still doesn't like pay the bills. Brittany still pays all the bills, so let's just, He's not quite there on his grown man wavelength. He's on like, hey, shit's real, life's real, bills come every month wavelength, that wavelength. He's on the I'm not on house arrest anymore and don't have a, 
uh, anklet wavelength. He still drives Britney's car though all over the place. So let's not just like be all high fives. You're a grown man now because you're not quite there. You're like a junior, like a junior grown man. So um, she really wants to marry him. His family hypes him up so much. Yes, Laura, and it's actually ridiculous and I'm about to talk about it. So um, Brittany talks about how she really wants to marry him and be with him. And she talks about this debt that he has, right? So he's got the restitution and his family doesn't hold back. Like, so when you wanna get married, and have you met the parents? You haven't met the parents? No, I haven't met the mom. You haven't met the mom? Why? Well, because, you know, my mom is hardcore like that. And, you know, he wasn't bringing anything to the table, really. So I was going to wait until he at least had a job and not that anklet. Oh, no, your mom should your mom should want to meet him. And then Ray's like, well, you know, she's educated. Well, you're educated, too. No, you're. Stop it. Stop it. And then, oh, you know, um, they just may want to make sure that, you know, he's not draining her. What? Draining her? You're like a perfect man. You're so amazing. Like, you're Ray. You're like, you're like Ray. You're amazing. And everyone deserves a second chance. Like, okay, you guys, just calm the fuck down. He's still a felon. He just got, barely got a job. She's been supporting him this whole time and sending him money. Oh, well, you, you chose to send him money. Okay, family, I'm going to need you to settle down. And here's why I'm going to need you to settle down. So when Brittany asked about the 143000 and whether if they get married, should she have to take on that debt? And when the uncle hyped up, Uncle Vernon hyped up, oh, yes, it's a package deal. If you're going to play the wife role, oh, you know what? Excuse my language, but fuck off, Uncle Vernon. You guys just go straight to out of my business, okay? Because... Here's what you're not going to do. You're not about to tell Brittany that she needs to take on and do the wifely duties of this fool's debt. She's already been supporting him this whole time. What have y'all been doing? He can't even stay with you. He paroled to her house. So if he's so friggin' fantastic, then why don't you guys chip in and help him pay that debt a little quicker? This fool's only making $15 an hour, so why don't you guys go ahead and jump in your pockets and let's get us some of this 143,000 down a little quicker. Okay? So Uncle Vernon, since you're the favorite uncle, you go ahead and chip in a 10k there cuz 10k is not even going to be a dent. And then Tamara, since you're like, "Oh, raise the best, raise this, raise this." Whoop for Ray, you go ahead and chip in another 10,000. That will make it 20,000, bring it down to 123,000. And then mom who spent 20 minutes talking to camera how amazing her son is. Well, he can't be that amazing since he ain't staying at your house. So I'm going to need you specifically to chip in another 20, and we can bring that down to 103,000. Don't tell me that Brittany has to do her wifely duties. Y'all have to do your family duties. I said what I said. I said what I said, and I mean it. All this talking, yet the one girl who's not even really part of the family yet, she's the one that has to sacrifice. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. 
if you're married, I get it. Your debts all become your debts together. You can support each other and pay off debts and it, it's better for y'all. But, and when, when Ray said, or not when Ray, when Vernon said, well, if you guys had a, if you had a baby and he became a stepdaddy, then he would not, first of all, you're not trying to compare going to prison and being a felon to having a baby, are you? Okay. And actually, I won't even, I'm just, this is not the same thing. This is not the same thing. It's not. It's not the same thing. And I think as a couple, they can decide how much of that debt she wants to help with or she doesn't want to help with. I think that that should be her personal choice and she can do it or she cannot do it, but she shouldn't be less than and not doing her wifely duties if she decides not to take on Ray's debt. And the other thing is Ray is a criminal. Okay. So he still needs to prove himself. He's only been out for like a month or so. So let's see how he, what do I always tell you? How do you deal with money? How do you save money? How do you spend money? He hasn't had to pay for shit. And in his previous life, he was stealing shit. So let's see what he does with his little $15 an hour. And if he's responsible with it and pays bills on time and contributes some way somehow to the household, then maybe she can decide whether or not she wants to go ahead and take on more of his debts. I personally think for this one debt, he should pay it off because he needs to know how hard it is so that he is detoured from making that same easy, quick money again and going back to prison. So you know what? If you have to chip away with your $15 an hour job at 143000 guess what? I bet you're going to work all the time. I Guess what? When your restitution is due, that's going to be the first thing you pay. And guess what? You're probably going to want to get another better job or get a raise or get a promotion at your job so you can make more money to pay off that debt. And that's going to keep you in line. If Brittany, who is not save-a-hoe, just goes ahead and keeps paying all the things for you all the time, you're not going to appreciate it. And what's the saying I want to say, you guys, that I know I'm going to get wrong because I'm terrible with saying, but like the fishing line, like you give a person a fish, they eat for a day, you teach a person to fish and they eat for a lifetime. It's that. He needs to learn his own lessons in order to like, Stay out of trouble. That's my opinion. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on to John and Chris Christiana, this couple right here. So the counselor, Juno counselor, who's also happens to be a convict and his 36 year old parole violation, unemployed wife. I just don't, I don't even know where to begin with this. I don't even know where to begin with this. She's one month out of prison coping with life. She says outside is, very, very uh, strenuous on her. And the reason why I'm having a hard time, you guys, and you know you know me, you guys, you, you know why I'm having, 
I, I was having a, I was distracted by her eyebrows. Did she shave her eyebrows off and then just pencil them in like, like this? So then when she talks, what, one, like, what's, I just can't, like, if you see my notes, what's happening with her eyebrows? Why, what's happening? It was very distracting. Like, what, what do you do? What's, you, you're stressing me out. Yes, it's strenuous outside, living on the outside. It's strenuous. They're not going to tell you when to eat, what you can eat, and, like, when to go to bed and when to wake up. Like, that's not real life. So coping is hard. I totally get it. I don't understand. Thank you so much, Crystal. Linda, Christiana was doing the people's eyebrow in her confessional. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> oh my God. And then they were eating breakfast and I wanna say like, it was like one little pathetic egg and like dry toast. And I was like, why are you guys eating like you're both still in prison? Why, what's happening right now? So she's trying to roll with the punches, but you know, she's not happy. She's like crying a little bit. It's been, un it's been hard for her. And apparently John is a gigolo and John was flirting with her sister. <sighs> Tara, but he's like, nothing ever happened with Tara. For, for what were you doing? So when your wife was in prison, she was the substitute, Tara, her sister was the substitute for you. And then I find out later that he's cheated on every other woman that he's ever been with. Well, how many women has he been with? Because I'm looking at John sideways, like something's just not, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his hair, the whole weird Bonnie and Clyde thing, like the weird awkwardness like i don't know but something about him just you know how i had a hard time last time last in love after lockup with the crackhead i'm having a hard time with john like i just i'm trying to figure out why is he a catch why does she marry him while she was in prison and now they've she's been out a month and they're already having problems well why Anyhow, Christiana is really upset because uh, she doesn't trust him. He was flirting with her sister and she just doesn't know like how she feels about things now. And then we find out, or I find out that he has an 18 year old daughter. Thank God she's in college. Whatever he did, obviously he did something good. Um, but she comes over and he tells her about Tara and the flirting. And, but he just really loves his wife and she freaked out. Of course she freaked out because you flirted with his, her sister and now here she is and you're saying you want to be with, with her. Oh, but you didn't cheat. But I have a feeling you might've done something. Cause like I saw the clip where like she went to kiss you and you turned your head. But what happened after that, John? Yeah, I, Patty says they got married in the bed of his pickup an hour after she was released. I saw or I heard that when they were doing the photo shoot, Patty. 
And when I was like, you did what? You got married in the back of your, oh, oh no, what, what? You see, it's like, this show is stressing me out. It's a stressful show. Why are y'all living like that? Why? It's, why? Why would, what? They've been married a year, but you know, 11 months of that year of marriage, she's been in prison. She's been out for a month. And I find out that this John guy, his ex, he was actually married to for 20 years, but he was a serial cheater. So there's that. And if she knew that he was a cheater, then why, Christiana, did you marry him in like one hour after getting out of prison? Why would you do that? Crystal says, well, she did it because he didn't give her a chance to deny him. He proposed at the jail and they stopped in the woods and got married before he dropped her off at the halfway house. She's stupid then. I would be like, hey, listen, no, just drop me off so I'm not late. I don't miss my curfew and we'll deal with this tomorrow we're gonna you brought your truck and we're gonna do what oh no oh no stop it anyways he has a surprise for her and he has this van and i guess one of you guys are gonna have to tell me about this bonnie and clyde thing because that was another thing that was super weird to me he's all into it he's got the deco on the side of the car on the back of the car and He's just like, I love it. And we're the new Bonnie and Clyde. Are you? Because do you know how that story ends? Yes, you guys are both convicts. But do you know how the story ends? Go watch that movie again, John. So she doesn't trust him because he's cheated on, on every girl he's ever been with. And I'm like, you don't trust him, but you married him. You guys are not making sense to me. You're totally stressing me out. They land in some field. There's a lady waiting for for them, Michael, he's a photographer. And he has brought a bunch of clothes and they're gonna do a Bonnie and Clyde photo shoot. And she's looking at him like, what are we doing? And she doesn't look impressed. And he already has his pants off and he's getting ready. He's all excited. And she's looking at him and talking about how uh, when she first got out, it was hard for her to stay clean and sober. Um, she just was really comfortable in prison and she never felt special. She never felt wanted. Um, and she's questioning, did you rush into marriage? Well, yes, you did. I just found out from Patty, Christiana, that you got married one hour after getting out of prison. Yeah. Did you rush? Yes, you did. And she's unsure of the relationship now and where it goes from there. Yeah, I get it. Cause you don't know this fool. And he's already like gonna cheat and has cheated and has flirted with your sister. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you feel unsure. That's when I found out and now I know more, but they got married in the back of his truck. And so they're starting the, the photo shoot, the Bonnie and Clyde photo shoot. And she's looking at him. She's wearing a hat. She's not impressed with that. She's looking at him. And he's doing the most and the twist. And the photographer's like, well, smile. Okay, hold hands. And she just did not look like she was trying to be there at all. 
and he was trying to make it super like, oh my God, Bonnie and Clyde, this is amazing. And um, says, you know, I know we got married in the back of a truck and I know you wanted to have a dream wedding with your mom and your sister and all this stuff. And we get that on one knee and it's like, will you marry me again? Let's start fresh. I want to give you the wedding of your dreams. And she's looking at him. I think that might be a no, John. It might be a no. Those clothes need to be burned as well. Ugh, facts. Christiana looking like a busted can of biscuits. He could at least pick up something she looked good in or her size. And Amanda says she never dressed like that either. Come on. Yeah, guys, I just, that one right there. And then I'm back to Sean again, this fucker. So he moved to Ohio. He's staying what looks to me like a motel. He's still unemployed. And he's going to be picking up his girlfriend, Sarah. First time meeting in their life. He oh, And then I find out that he's only ever seen her original mugshot from six years ago. From six years ago. What? This is your... You moved to Ohio and left your six kids to live with a woman that you've never met ever and you've only seen a picture of her from six years ago? How did that happen? You, you couldn't go visit her? Did, was she not allowed visitors? You can spend like a couple hundred versus all the thousands to come and see her in real life? but then thought it was a great idea after six years to leave your life and your responsibilities behind and Okay. And then he says a bunch of stuff that is like so outdated man explaining stereotypical that I was just like, Oh no. Oh no, Sean, you, you look at me. I'm self soothing because I want to say so much stuff and I'm holding back. This motherfucker is a loser. You guys, I am sorry. He's the worst of the worst of the worst. And to sit there and say, you only like petite women and she's 4'11 and she's like a hundred pounds and you're going to have sex with her in a cornfield and you're going to ply her with alcohol at 9 a.m. in the morning so that she can get over anxiety, all the things. It's very just, it's very, um, it's just awful to me. It's awful. It's awful. All the things that you, that are coming to your, your mouth, Sean, it's just awful to me. It's awful. It's awful. Because to me, since you don't even know this woman, you've never met her, you're just sexualizing her. And because she meets your criteria, you don't even give really a fuck who she is. As long as she can spread her legs for you, then you're good to go. All right. I got that out of my system. So, oh, look, my note. He wants to meet, have sex in a motel room or a cornfield or a car. She may, He makes her an alcoholic drink smoothie, so a vodka smoothie. So she can start her little four foot 11 self hundred pounds can be fucked up at nine in the morning. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So you can take advantage of her, Sean. Didn't tell her about Destiny. Didn't tell her his proper age because he's 46, not 36. Didn't tell uh, Sarah that he was also dating Destiny and was like going to marry Destiny before Destiny absconded. Didn't tell her that either. And that was just five months ago. But this is your woman that you're in love with. And they both did say, I love you, I love you. I was like, you love who? You guys met five seconds ago. You, this is the first time you guys seen each other in person, face to face. Okay. He wants to get a house and move in together, even though they've never met, even though he has a bunch of secrets that he hasn't told her, bunch of kids, and he just hopes that it's gonna work out. Fingers crossed, that makes sense. Let's start this relationship on lies and continue on lies and let's just move in together. You rather move in with a perfect stranger than take care of your six kids and live in this like close to your kids so you can help raise your kids? Got it. And then he's waiting for her. And I don't know, you guys, he's outside. He's making all these moves outside where he's standing, breathing heavy, stressed out. He's nervous. And I was like, has he been drinking? Was he sipping on that vodka smoothie? Because He's slurring his words and he can't stand still. And I don't know if it's drugs or alcohol or a combination of the two of them, but he's just like crackish. He's like crackish and I didn't like it. So um, he's like, is that her? Is that her? Some car comes, she gets out and it is her. And they hug and they kiss. She's nervous. He's nervous. She's like, yeah, we've only ever emailed and phone calls. And I was like, you can send an attachment of a photo of your, you. Like, did it? I don't know. Because some of these inmates are on, on websites. And a lot of them are like doing, listen, I just read an article. You know what's going on in Rikers in New York? There's a shortage of... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Corrections officers. There's a shortage of them. And last week, there were any that showed up to work, so the inmates were policing themselves. Well, now there's a shortage. Some came to work, but not enough. So the inmates are on TikTok, making TikToks, having parties, fighting, just running amok and policing themselves. So I'm just saying... It's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. I just don't understand how these fools never met. It's just emails, like send an attachment. FaceTime real quick. I know someone has smuggled in a cell phone. You ain't got it like that, Sarah? Let me stop. So uh, she's out. This is the first time she's out in six years. Uh, they fell in love through phone calls. She's very attracted to him. She likes tall, dark, and handsome. Uh, they say, I love you. I love you. And he brings out flowers. And then he brings out the cocktail that he's created, the smoothie cocktail. And the cocktail glass, you guys, was bigger than this, this woman was. Like, 
bigger. Like her whole, it was bigger than her face. And she was sipping that bad boy, sipping that, like she was drunk before she got in the car, y'all. She was drunk before she got in the car. Drunk before in the car. So he also brought her flowers. And then we find out her story and I was just shocked. So apparently she sold someone some heroin and not only did she sell it, she helped them use it and they OD'd and died and she was charged with involuntary manslaughter and that's why she was doing six years. That was like, that. I was like, I sat up. I was like, oh, that is like a whole story, Miss Sarah, four foot, 1100 pounds. What's that backstory? Manslaughter and what else are you charged with? Hmm. So she's in the car and they're like all hugged up, which I think is weird because you guys just met. But she's like drinking that drink, you guys. And the glass is like, the mug is this big. And she's just drinking, drinking, drinking. She's fucked up already. Um, she calls her mom. And apparently she has some big secret that she hasn't told him. So not only is he lying, she's lying. They're both lying to each other. And guess what? I'm not surprised because y'all fools don't know each other. <laughs> like, I'm not surprised. But y'all are going to stop at a cornfield real quick and have sex and then you're going to move in together Me meanwhile you're you still probably have to heal from the fact that you're considered a murderer and then you're gonna like uh, you guys it's very stressful it's very stressful it's very stressful so I think her secret is, what do you guys think the secret is? I think that she has kids as well. Because she's like, he asked me a bunch of times and I said, no, no, no. And then when she's talking to her mom, she's like, oh, don't worry, you're not on a speakerphone. So I'm thinking that she has kids and the mom has been taking care of her kids. And that she lied and said she doesn't have any kids. So what do you guys think the secret is? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the live chat. But these two fools stress me all the way out. Oh, Sean is... Can I say something and you guys don't get mad at me and I and I don't want any of any of the extras don't come for me. I'm just giving my, this is my personal opinion and I'm entitled to my personal opinion. But I personally feel like Sean and Ed are on the same level of like You see if oh can you see that I have goosebumps right there on the same level of just like you're creeping me all the way out and I cannot deal with it. I don't know what it is. You know, I always tell you guys go with your gut instinct. My gut is like, ugh. so you guys think maybe she has six kids too. Raydella says maybe she's got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And Stevie says kids and a girlfriend. And Crystal says, I agree with you, Linda. I said that too. Yeah. I don't know. There's something not right with Sean. And I'm just not, I'm just not feeling him. Last and certainly most complicated that I'm still trying to, I need to see Puppy in order to put two and two together. First of all, is that her real name? Did her mama name her Puppy? I mean, I met her mom on this episode, but like, is that her name name? Like, what do people say? Her Is that her government name? 
Anyways, Amber, the assistant manager, who's also a convict for drug trafficking, and Puppy, who's unemployed and missing and sale of meth, is missing. Amber's been out of prison for two years. She's been able to like keep her life, you know, doing well. She's progressing in the free world, she said. She's got a good job. You know, she's walking the straight and narrow, the whole nine yards. And she hasn't seen her, should I call ex? She hasn't seen Puppy uh, since they had that fight. And I'm learning that Puppy, I guess, has drug and alcohol issues and from the clips I've seen, like she's throwing tequila bottles, she's naked and drunk in the pool and arguing and drunk and all the things. <sighs> Linda, I saw a video yesterday telling about Sean met the baby mama when she was 16 and he was 24, explains how he likes the young girl. See, I knew it. My gut is always right. I knew he was a creeper. And was he was he 24 love and life or was he 34? Because you know he lies about his age. Um, so <clears throat> puppy's missing. Amber wants to find her. Amber goes to Kathy's house, which is Puppy's mom, and the mom hasn't seen her in weeks. She's sad about it. They sit down, have a smoke together, and you know, she's getting, I guess she's ill. She's getting treatment, has to go to the hospital like a couple times a week. And puppy hasn't shown up to come and take her to the hospital. All the things, she's MIA, no one knows where she is, but she does have an address for her. So Amber's like, well, maybe, you know, if you're so worried, I should just like roll up and see what's happening, right? Cause I still care about her and I worry about her and I haven't seen her. And if you haven't seen her and you're the mom, then like, Maybe I should do a drive-by and see what, what the 411 is. Mom starts crying because I guess she was really blaming Amber for not being there for Puppy while Puppy was trying to, like, get it straight, just getting out of prison. And I was like, well, you know, Mom, you can't really blame the other person because as an adult, Puppy has to take responsibility for her own actions. All Amber could do is be supportive, but she can't make Puppy clearly do anything that she doesn't want to do or is not ready to do. So then we meet Queen, Amber's roommate, and they met in prison. They were prison roomies. And this is why I'm saying to you this, this whole, it's just very stressful. Um, and then I find out that they're both on probation for 20 years, 20 years, 20 years. Y'all can't do anything wrong. If you do one thing wrong on probation, you violate your probation. They can send you back to jail. Anyways, they want to pull up on puppy. So they decide after they do like a Google search, they, they do the lay of the land. They were like detectives. They're like, we're looking for broken lights. We're looking for paved roads. We're looking for roofs on, on houses, 
if it's a not crackish looking place, then we could roll up. But if we're seeing any of that stuff, then maybe it's like a drug house and we're not going to roll up. So it looks good. Let's roll out. They roll out. They go stake up the house and they're sitting there like undercover cops. They're looking at the house. The house looks okay. I don't see any um, security cameras. I don't see security gates. I don't see like, you know, a guard at the door. I, I don't know. I'm making shit up now, but you get what I'm saying. <clears throat> so they're going to wait. They're going to see what the activity is. Is there a little drug activity? Because, you know, in the drug houses, it's constant in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, people in and out, in and out, in and out. There's none of that. So Amber's tired of waiting, so she's just going to go knock on the door and find out if Puppy's there. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I told you this. I'm so, I'm like, you can't come to my house uninvited. You can't just roll up and knock on the door and think it will be answered, whether you hear signs of life or not. So I'm surprised that this dude opened the door because if I'm not expecting anybody, there will be no door to be opened. Just saying. I want to learn more about uh, Sammy. So Amber, ex-convict, is dating Sammy, who's an ex-convict. They had a date. It went well. He bought, like, a prison card for her. She was all happy. They had a kiss. But Queen doesn't trust him. I'm going to definitely need to find out more about this Sammy character. And you guys feel free to let me, any, let me know any details in the comments below. Let me know in the live chat, whatever you guys want, want me to know. Because this is already stressing me out. So what I'm not about to do is go back. Because these... There's like 40, ep this is episode 46. I'm not going to go back 43 episodes of season three or whatever, 40 episodes of season, like I'm not doing that. This is already stressful enough. So I'm just going to learn them now, the new people who are on live moving forward. If there's anything y'all feel that I need to know specifically so I can talk about it, then tell me, give me the cliff note version because this right here, Life after lockup is more stressful than love after lockup. I think it's because love after lockup, you know where they are. And you can kind of like balance the amount of time you interact with them because, you know, it's not like they can't wander the free world. <laughs> so you can take breaks. You're like, you know what, baby, I don't really feel like ta talking to you. I'm going to go ahead and put $10 on your commissary. Go ahead and like, you know, get yourself some good ramen noodles and uh, one of those cake thingies. I can't remember what they call them, but they have these special bun cakes that they all love in prison. They trade. Get yourself that and you have a great weekend. And maybe I'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> Who's Liz? Didn't you do an interview with Liz? Oh, so... Um, all right, that was the show, you guys. This is going to be just me talking because there's been a lot of activity in the last couple of days. So that was the show. Can't wait till uh, tomorrow for the new episode, and we'll talk about it again next week. Okay, on that note, with Patty, uh, I haven't done an interview per se with Liz's ex. Uh, that's all I can say right now. And if I do do an interview, Patty, it will not be on YouTube. It will be on my Patreon for my Patreon subscribers. Um, so there's that. 
there's a lot going on with the Liz and Big Ed situation. So I'm not going to say too much because I'm literally in the midst of it right now. Um, but I will be letting my Patreon subscribers know first and foremost, and then whatever else I'll figure it out from there. But for now, um, just know that there's a lot, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of activity, a lot of activity with that whole thing. So on that note, you guys have an amazing, uh, rest of week and weekend and do all the great things and be all happy all the time. I will see all my Patreon subscribers tomorrow for news and gossip. And then the rest of you guys I'll see you on Monday. Bye for now.